Hello everybody, Quinn's here. Um, before we get started with our live recording of the 83rd Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, a few things. First off, we forgot to introduce ourselves. So here we go. My name is Quentin Smith. The deep bass voice you're going to hear is Matt Lees, and the slightly higher pitched voice is Paul Dean. So that's nice. Uh, second, the live Shut Up and Sit Down dating game teased in Paul's intro of this podcast featured so much running around that we didn't get a good recording of it. Um, so that got cut off the end of the cast, but it was basically us playing a card game, a lovely card game called Billionaire Banshee with the audience, which is all about whether you would or wouldn't date very weird individuals. Uh, third, we recorded this podcast at the start of the enormous board game convention that is Gen Con, so we hadn't actually played any sort of really new and exciting up-and-coming games yet. Um, so if you want to hear that, it's next week on Podcast 84. Um, that's when we'll have our serious post-Gen Con podcast with so many amazing games. If there's one podcast of ours you listen to this year, make it number 84. We'll be talking about Gen 7, which is the sequel to Dead of Winter, which took the top of our heads off. We're going to be talking about Nyctophobia, um, a game played entirely blind uh, and using touch. Uh, the Estates, which is maybe the best auction game I've ever played. Keyforge, Call of the Archons, a new card game from the designer of Magic the Gathering, which has really put the cat among the pigeons design-wise. Uh, Critical Mass, the best game of robots I've played in years. Railroad Inc., uh, a roll-and-write game, which is uh, threatens to steal the crown from Welcome To, and potentially even more games. Uh, but yeah, that's all coming up on the next podcast. Let's get started with podcast 83. You're right out there. I guess, I, thanks for coming to a thing where you could have actually been like at the opening of the show, yes. but in, instead spurned Gen Con and just came for us, so thanks. Fight the power. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the 83rd Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. We're going to be talking about a bunch of board games and tabletop games and games that you can enjoy in the safe, private pleasure of your own home, including Detective. A modern, what's, oh, what have I written? Detective, a modern criminal? Crime. Crime. I like you can't read your own notes. Which is by Portal Games. I'm just gonna, oh my God. Villainous, which is by Disney, which is about villains. Wallet by Cryptozoic, which is about a wallet? Yes. I have not played this. Weird Things Humans Search For, which will you will play, or at least try to, live on stage, and then we're gonna do something a bit special, where maybe some of you could win one or more of these games by playing the live Shut Up and Sit Down dating game, which returns to Gen Con. Wow. Somebody over there. There was one big cheer for that. I, I, we should clarify, it's not going to involve dating Shut Up and Sit Down. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what that person was excited about. I just feel like we've probably got about 45 minutes before we get to that point, so I yes. don't want the crushing disappointment to really, you know. Also, I mean, that Quinza's plan, that you've, you've got something in the pipe. <laughs> I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, <clears throat> I have not played Detective, a modern, a modern crime. Detective, a modern crime board game. There we go. Just write <laughs> that down Second, as Paul adjusts his note. You are not alone in that, Paul. Uh, Detective is a very hyped release. I'm sure some people in this room are excited for it right now. 
Uh, not, I mean, not right now. Maybe right now. Who knows? Um, it is Portal Games, yes. uh, makers of Robinson Crusoe, uh, yes. doing something a bit like uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Which is a game that we love. Which is a game that we adore. So Matt and I are proud to say we have played Detective now. Um, a lot of people, I think, are going to be queuing to play it in the Expo Hall as we record this very cast. But what if I were to tell you, Paul, that... We're, we've got to solve a crime. Yes. Like in the manner of Sherlock uh, Holmes Consultant Detective, where yes. we're going to be running around town, picking up leads, wondering who's to visit next. But what if one of us had access to a criminal database beep, 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 beep. that is a website <laughs> with beep, beep. very poor you know, password protection, I think. Uh, the way it works is one person has an actual laptop, yes. um, and then they can like search for people's criminal records. They can enter evidence into the log. Um, mm. It's also a game that uh, you can Google things on the internet. Imagine that. In, mm. in the game? Yeah, it's quite strict about it. There are certain points on the cards where it will have a little Wi-Fi symbol, which basically means like you are now permitted to contact the outside world. Like uh, detectives usually are not. Yeah. They're usually kept <laughs> in their detective cages and fed through the bars. What are you doing? Don't use Google, you schmuck. That's a, that's oh, a detective. Oh, that's a gangster. I don't know what happened there. My synapses are just all wired up wrong this morning. But so, so hang on. So this is what, Sherlock just in the modern era? No. It's uh, ki- yeah. Sorry. It's kind of um, dorky Sherlock is a way to look at it. If people have played Robinson Crusoe or uh, First Martians, they'll be aware that Portal games um, sometimes have these systems of like, you have a limited number of hours in the day, and if you go over those hours, yeah. then you start collecting stress tokens, just like real police. Um, and just like real police, if you work more than eight hours after your, um, <laughs> when you're meant to finish work at 4 p.m., yeah. you lose <laughs> being Wait, a detective. This, this is a European game, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's, yes. a, it's a world in which like, if you do more than eight hours of overtime in a week, ooh, <laughs> time to retire. <laughs> Um, yeah, it uh, was... we also, yeah, there's also um, accidentally authority tokens, um, which are a little pool of stars where if you do something like a real detective would do, like, I don't know, if, oh, yeah, sorry, I, you can actually spend an hour of any day filing paperwork, um, and that gives you one authority token. Doesn't matter what you're writing about, but as long as you're making, you're fabricating paperwork, then you're probably being This is great, because it's like, ah, oh, that detective, he's a maverick. But he sure does do a lot of paperwork. <laughs> and I respect that. <laughs> like, it does have some strange, um, I, I, not even idealisms, like, it has some strange ideas about yes. what it means to be a detective. And that's one of the things, really, of like, yeah, paperwork means authority. Everybody knows that's true. Also, like the, the database you have on the laptop, um, if you've ever seen a 1990s film that involved hackers of oh any kind, goodness. it's like that. Like the background of the web page has like little kind of like triangulating lines spinning around on a blue background. And it's like, it's very much like, I'm logging in, sir. Like, you do expect someone to say enhance about 100 times. <laughs> oh, did you not? There's a card in it. Well, this takes us on to what we're really going to spend most of today talking about. But there is a card in it that refers to um, if you choose to search for something in the internet, the flavor text on the card is like, you log on to the, and I can't believe I'm saying these words, information superhighway. <laughs> so we're going to do what Shut Up and Sit Down perhaps does best here, and perhaps pour just a tiny bit of cold water on the hype storm mm. around Detective. Mm. So. There are very few things that we feel truly comfortable making fun of here at Shut Up and Sit Down because, as we've said for years, game design is a fabulously difficult art. Um, we're, we're bad at most things, I think it's fair to say as a team. However, yes, we are all professional and or have worked as professional writers. Yes. So if there's one thing we feel <laughs> permitted to make fun of, it is perhaps writing. And Detective A Modern Crime board game is a game which has a ton of writing by people who kind of assumed they could just write. Yeah. 
And they can't. No. <laughs> no. And it's interesting because, you know, right, there's, there's lots of levels to writing. It's not that it has, like, poor grammar or, you know, spelling mistakes or anything like that. It just has a lot of words. Um, <laughs> and you often find yourself reading aloud a lot of words to then go, oh, you get to the end of a card and you're like, no, there's, there's nothing on this card I needed to read out. After like five or six paragraphs, you just go, no, no, now it's time for another card. And it's kind of bizarre in the fact that it's, it's like the Sherlock thing, you know, if those of you who haven't played Consulting Detective, it's a game where you can travel around a city um, looking for clues, going to places, interviewing people, but every time you do so, you look it up in a big book, basically, and they go, is there anything on this street? And you look it up, and if there is, then you get to read a little clue. But that game is quite dense, and every time you hit anything, even if it's a red herring, it will just give you a piece of information, like, you know, you do this, you find out about this, and then it's like, is this a, is this a poor lead or is this a good lead? Whereas in this, uh, rather than having a book, you have a deck of cards, and it'll say, pull out this card and read it. And some of the cards are literally just basically like almost like a, a, a kind of detective novel in a way, but it's not a good one. Well, so one thing that... And this is really where Detective, I think, falls down for me, is that if you watch crime serials, as I think all three of us enjoy, yeah. you know, I love Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I love Jonathan Creek, which we have a predominantly American audience today. If you haven't seen Jonathan Creek, goodness, hunt it down. It's about a magician who solves crimes. And it's Some crazy. of it is amazing. It's so good. Some it's of a, it is rubbish. Some really nice... Uh, Maddie in that is a fabulous feminist character for some seasons. Uh, yeah. in the, anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, so the thing about all crime fiction is that you're trying to solve it yourself as a reader and you never, any given paragraph, you're like, is this a clue? Is this going to be relevant later? If you watch like Miss Marple or a whodunit, then any given scene, you're watching it like a hawk going, what's out of place here? What are they expecting me to not notice? Mm -hmm. Detective does not do that. No. It has long cards, which are no word of a lie about the admin of being a detective, not being out and doing field work, but what's it like to be in that office? And I think <laughs> what we would like to do, because we don't want to spoil any of the content in the game, and this does involve some embellishment, um, but we, what I've done is I've basically invented a card that you might, the sort of thing you might read in the game. And there is embellishment here, so I don't want to seem like I'm being super mean. But uh, if we could get some suitable detective music to get me in the mood for this, I could... This is us investigating <laughs> a piece of evidence at the laboratory. The rain poured hard upon the grey walls of Richmond PD. Inside, hundreds of detectives were busting their chops, trying to find the right crimes to get the jobs done. <laughs> the PD this morning is alive with activity. It's like a music festival, but almost no one is invited except for criminals and the police. <laughs> a man who exhibits all of the hallmarks of bad, bad man is being restrained down the corridor by three officers of the beat. Get your ruddy law hands off of me, shouts the punk with his tattoos, non-conformist hair, and all-round bad attitude. Why can't the streets of this city have one day of peace from the trash that kept blowing straight through our doors? Even on a windy day today, when you'd expect things to be blowing through doors. <laughs> on a quiet day, you might be surprised if things kept blowing through your doors. But there was always a gust of fresh crime in this city, wafting in every morning like the scent of bread from a bad, bad baker. <laughs> Shaking the water off your green umbrella, you make your way down the corridor towards the lifts, taking you up to the labs on the eighth floor. Once on the eighth floor, you hang a left, then a right, <laughs> walking past the meeting room with glass walls and two television screens, 
until reaching the main desk for the labs. We, we have one hour in this room, by the way. <laughs> That's it. It's funny, it shouldn't take much longer than that. <laughs> Sandra, who works there, has always been a star. If anyone can get this evidence looked at in the labs and then returns you with feedback in a timely manner, it's Sandra. <laughs> you share a moment of traditional police department bon homie. How's the coffee today? Terrible. Are there any donuts left? Seen any good evidence lately? <laughs> What's the best kind of high-speed chase? But there's no time for chit-chat. We've got a bloody job to do. And that job is inexorably covered in hot crime. The results from the lab take absolutely ages. <laughs> you pace up and down the corridor, trying to find a break in the case in your mind. But no dice, Detectivo. No, no, dice, oh, no, no. Polishing off a salad and a coke from the canteen, <laughs> you dare a drink from the PD's legendary coffee machine. Still tastes like sludge like it always did, but that's the price of caffeine and the cost of a world where someone has to foot the bill for paying for the safety of the city and working overtime like a cop. Like a real, real cop. Because I am a real cop. That's my job. It's just the job that I do in this big old detective station that we call life. The results from the lab... <laughs> the results from the lab are back. Read card 112. <laughs> I just want to say, I was... We had a talk backstage beforehand where Quinn said, just please make sure that the show moves at a pace. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that, how hard can that be? Ghost Chalice. I've got to say, that, that was a bit longer than most of the cards in the game. But no word of a lie, a lot of the cards are, you know, you have four or five little mini paragraphs of detailing what the station looks like. And, and it has often like talks about like how many LCD screens are in a room like, and what it's they're displaying. And then you have to draw another card and read another card just to find out the thing. It's bizarre. You, the thing <laughs> is, is that, you know, that was very funny, but some of the stuff, like some of the big jokes in that that you guys laughed at, are actually taken from the game. You won't know this until you go and play Detective. <laughs> but, so there was a card that just caused us to like, we were crying laughing playing some scenes in Detective. And also we should stress, the puzzle in it is quite good. We enjoyed it, yeah. we would play more of it. It's, but it was very difficult for us. To, I think we spent about 40% of our time discussing the puzzle yes. and 60% of our time making fun of the writing. Mm. Yeah. Like no, the, the, the line that Matt said about like, while you're waiting for the results, you go and get a salad. Yeah. That's from the game. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about like going for salads and it's always like a salad and a Coke or like a sandwich and a coffee and it's like very detailed. And it's interesting in the fact that there's always that it'll be like in the room there's a green lamp and you think, is that a clue? And it's like, no, it's just like a green lamp. Someone's it's just, there is a green lamp. So, I mean, I think, and I think the problem is, is rather than in Sherlock where you get a very tight mystery that you yes. then have to work out what the direction is with a spider web of bad leads, in this, we literally found it such a challenge to keep in our head all of the names of the people and all the people we had to like, you know, get post-it notes and make a little kind of like police style board with lines and stuff. And that's maybe the coolest thing. Which about was really the game. cool. The crime is so complicated. And also, unlike the original Sherlock, but some of the later Sherlock boxes do do this, the case is linked together. So um, if you play case after case in a big group, your spider diagram by the end, your web of knowledge and people will get huge, bigger than Sherlock. And that's maybe the big never mind the app, which is 
fine and sometimes breaks, never mind the, uh, the fact that it's modern when in reality they use nothing about contemporary crime stories. What's exciting about it is the scale of the, of the puzzle you're trying to solve. Yeah. And you, you use the word exciting there, so I'm going to wrap this up by asking, like, were you excited about the narrative? Do you care about what happens next? Well, one of the weird things we noticed is that um, what Sherlock does, and again, what crime stories tend to do, that detective utterly fails to do, and in doing so, misunderstands the entire genre, is with Sherlock, whether it's a BBC adaptation or consultant detective the game, mm -hmm. when you have your crime, that crime has a question in it that, um, that makes no sense. Like, I'm thinking about my favorite case in Sherlock, mm -hmm. The Tin Soldier, where it's a man who's found dead in a room, and he's got this collection of miniature soldiers, but one of them is rotated 180 degrees. And so you're wondering, well, who killed this guy? Why? But... What are these? Yeah. You go back to like, how, how, how this, why this? Or like, mm. again, girl with a dragon tattoo, how was that crime done? Whereas detective, your opening case is, and this isn't a spoiler because it's the first thing that happens in the game, an item that was um, stolen by Nazis during World War II has shown up in an auction house. And the first case is, it's your job to track um, how it ended up in that auction yeah, house. Yeah, like who's it been with? How did it get from there to here? That's not a mystery, that's admin. You know, yep. you have to like go and talk to people and figure out, well, how did he get it? And you're not, but it's not a mystery. Another it's, it's the actual real police work of doing the not so narratively exciting. Well, and also the other crucial thing is it doesn't really mirror real police work very accurately because it tells you at the start, you need to find evidence for this and come up with a hypothesis and evidence. And then actually what happens is we went through, kind of fudged our own hypothesis of what happens. And at the end of the case, it asks you questions and there's multiple choice answers for them. And then it just said like, you got like 60% of them correct, you solve the case. And it was like, we didn't have any evidence, we just had a big hunch, and it just our hunch was right, but there's no like wrap up. It's not like in, you know, the great thing about Consulting Detective is afterwards the master, Sherlock, explains every detail of it to you, and you got yes. some of it and you didn't get the rest, but in this it just goes like, you got 60% of the questions right, which felt very unsatisfying. We have to say though that it does continue with the narrative with all these multiple cases, but to me, you get all these cards and you're allowed to keep them on the table and look at them again, but for a game which is already quite complicated, web of people, having all of this superfluous text everywhere makes it very difficult to go back and find things you want to find when you're yes. crunching stuff. We started um, sorting the cards, like by the end of a case you've got 30 cards on the table and we started sorting them based on which ones were even useful, yeah. which is not a good thing to no. have to do. Or oh, it, it yeah. should all be relevant, you know? It's fine if they're marked specifically as like, this is just flavor text, read it if you want or don't, but there's no, it's all intermingled. I think the most kind of crucial thing is that we did actually, we did get into it, we did have some fun at times, but um, it's just so obsessed with like the this weird idea of the police. It's like almost like we've <laughs> joked on previous podcasts about Quinn's house because Quinn's has this weird fancy of what it might be like to work in an office. And he's like, oh, I oh, talk God. to people by yeah. the water cooler. And I'm like, I've worked in offices, dude. It's not like anything like you imagine. But for this, this game feels like a kind of weird, like, oh, imagine being a policeman complaining about bad coffee, having like a bit of banter with the lady at reception. And it's just like, you feel like you're reading someone's quite, like dull fancy of what it might be like to work in a, a, a fictional police department from like 20 years ago. And I mean, there was more corruption and violence 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, that's it. It's not, it's like a weird half remembered vision of the, it's, it's weird. But even when you, we, we only interrogated one person and we like went to talk to them and they told us their entire life story. <laughs> well, like, and it's just like, what is so going funny. on? Oh. If, the, if that is the game's dialogue and writing, of course, they can't help but explode with exposition and all sorts of. It's strange. Sure. I don't feel like, I, I feel like maybe it's been designed out of somebody's love for the idea of detectives. I, yeah. dis 
I actually disagree. Well, no, but I don't think it's actually the one that's involved any research or any thought to like, what is the genre? Yes. What think, is it about? You know, obviously I did a video review of First Martians where I criticized it in a lot of ways, but First Martians felt like a game by someone who cared about the idea of Martian colonists. Whereas Detective, a modern crime story feels like they want to do something a bit Escape Remy, a bit Sherlock, consultant detective. But I don't think anyone in that studio really cares about no, crime it, fiction. It, it feel, and we yeah. always say on Shut Up and Sit Down, write what you care about. Yeah, you know? and it feels like what they think about is raincoats, bad coffee, shaking your fist and having a donut, which is just not really, if you're going to have like thousands of words, <laughs> it's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, fine. All right. Let's talk about something narratively way more exciting, which is Disney and bad guys and villains. Oh, this is villainous. Again, yes. you can't so, read your own uh, words. I can, no, I can read this. You don't have to read this. This is not for you. <laughs> you're, saying the wrong, you're saying the wrong words off of your notes. I can read better than you, which is weird. Dad. <laughs> Villainous is a game by Disney. Yeah, well, not about by Disney, I don't think. Uh, ooh, uh, a game um, for Disney, about Disney. Yes. With Disney villains, which includes like, uh, so I might have this wrong, the Lion King Prince John from... Oh, yeah. Uh, the the no, no. The, I mean, technically he is a lion and a king, no, but if you say the Lion King when talking about Disney, that, oh. that muddies the water. Wait, right, all right, so we'll skip that. Uh, the Maleficent witch lady from Sleeping Beauty. Uh, oh. The ge not the genie, who, Jafar from Aladdin. The genie, the famous have secret unlockable bad guy. From How many Aladdin. Disney films have you seen? I haven't seen many. <laughs> it's fine. So you, uh, am I correct? You all play Disney bad guys, right? Yes. There's and you all have your separate, sorry, your separate Disney bad guy objective with your own separate Disney bad guy board and yep. separate Disney bad guy cards. Mm. Why? Why are you all bad? And is it like a ra <laughs> is it a race to be the most bad the quickest? Big questions. How does this work? Um, well, it's that's a pretty good question because we, when we started unpacking it, we were like, who is this for? Because the six Disney mm. films they've chosen with the six special decks and the six amazing, uh, lovely abstract looks, miniatures. It looks really quite nice. Yeah, your, yeah, production your villain is the represented by like an abstract, warped, translucent piece of plastic. So like, I was Ursula the big bad octopus witch from oh, Little Mermaid. Yes. Um, and her miniature was just this lovely sort of round, sort of spherical purple piece with little legs coming out. And it, yeah. you know, it was, you could recognize it as Ursula. Yeah, you're like, which one is it? And you're like, oh, it's that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the movies they've picked are all stuff more for like, uh, looking at the audience, kind of our generation. You yeah. Know? Um, they, they Robin Hood, right? I mean, even that's before my time. It's not new Disney. It's not Frozen. No. So it's, and it's kind of a bit, bit of a complicated game for, you know, Adults, which is a great pitch for a game. So the way it works is you pick your villain, everyone unfurls their sort of player board, they get their own deck, two decks actually, one deck of like things your villain can do, like as Ursula I could uh, have binding contracts or you can deploy um, allies, your little sort of mischievous minions to your board. But there's also a hero deck. And this was my favorite thing in the game because um, the way the, the play works, every villain has their own objective. Like as Ursula, I was trying to get Neptune's trident and the crown of something Disney fans in the audience. The sea. Let's just call it the crown. The crown of the, of sea. the sea. The sea crown, yes. The sea um, crown. You as Jafar had to do a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, I had to like uh, open up the Cave of Wonders. Then I had to get the lamp in there and then the genie, genie would come and then I had to turn the genie to my side and then I had to take the lamp back to the palace. It's quite, it was quite involved. It was, like, uh, it was yeah. a list of things to do. Whereas fabulously, um, the per a friend of ours playing Prince John just had to get a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but the way it works in play is that 
you've got different locations on your board. You go to that location, and then each one has a bunch of icons. So maybe if, uh, as Ursula, if I go to my lair, I can draw a card, get some power, and play cards with the resource that is power. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the locations had like little the lightning bolt symbol, meaning you can incorporate someone else's heroes. Uh, and this was great, because when you go to the lightning bolt, you pick another player around the table, like the friend of ours playing Prince John. You th they then deal out two cards off their white hero deck, which is like obstacles that villain may face. And you pick one of them and put that like item or ally into play on their board. So now like Prince John's castle has like, you know, someone in it. And we flipped two cards and it was like, oh, this weird chicken who's a bard. Do I want to inflict that on Prince John? And we flipped the next card and it was like Robin Hood. <laughs> and I'm like, and then immediately I went, uh, I'd like to put Robin Hood into Robin play, Hood, please. please. And our yeah. friend playing Prince John went, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, do I want the protagonist of this film or do I want the tiny rabbit who can't keep his hat over his face and is kind of cute, I'm gonna, it's going to be the protagonist. Yeah, yeah. It's, and this was my favourite thing about it was like, because you, you didn't really know the rules and the complications and the nuance that was happening on someone's board, but you know like the heroes from the film who are probably bad news for the villain. Yeah. And so without even having to read those cards, you just chuck them into play and then your friend goes, ah, no, it's, it's Ariel from yeah, Little so Mermaid. You're kind of all playing your own little boards, really, but then every now and then you do things which allow you to basically make their board, other people's boards, slightly less effective. But I mean, that sounds very uh, kind of isolationist. If I've got to say, like... thing and then just chucking a problem out there for somebody else. I mean, I've got to say... I didn't think it was great. I no. thought it, I thought it was a, it was a beautifully produced thing. Like oh, it's lush. It's lush. Mm -hmm. I don't use the word lush very often, but like, it's lovely art, lovely pieces, really great. But immediately you're oh, like, do you remember that finish that was on the cards? Yeah, that I've never seen before. It used a kind of ink printing where the um, some of the brighter colors on your on the art on the cards were like almost shimmering, yeah. almost a reflective kind of ink, which made it look like. I don't know, like a, I, I, I've never seen that kind of printing before in my life. And I, as somebody wow. who watched a bunch of Disney films a lot when I was a kid, I, I, I love the fact that you can, I, can, I, know, I know this. I just remember Dumbo. <laughs> Is Dumbo in the game? Yeah, I, f I forget you're ancient. <laughs> I just, it wasn't. A... I remember Dumbo. We were. We were. Assume we're the only human alive who remembers Dumbo. No, just, Is, does Dumbo have a villain? No, no. The, 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 the villain, villain the in world. Dumbo is the world. Yeah, yeah. like humanity. Does uh, Pinocchio have a villain? I think, again, it's the world. <laughs> that was a, yeah. Those films were real dark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of like, it was lovely to go through these decks and be reminded of the stories and the characters, actually. Like, mm. I, I used to love Aladdin, and so going through and being like, ah, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten. Like, it kind of, a lot of the art reminded me of bits from the films that was really pleasant and really mm. fun. Um, but in practice, it was a bit, it was a slightly dull to play and also just felt consistently quite unfair. It's <laughs> like, you all have different objectives, which is interesting, but then you're like, well, your objective just seems a lot easier than mine. Well, a lot of it is based on, like, if, you know, you were looking for, like, the magic lamp, and that's just a card in your deck. So if it's at the top of your deck and you draw it, it's like, I found the lamp, turn yeah, one. Yeah. Whereas, you, you know, yeah. it might be the bottom card on your deck. So it's not really a game of, like, you know, no. skill and complexity, but it's just, you know, drawing cards, playing cards. It looks nice. I didn't not enjoy it. No, no, same. And I think price. if you are a big Disney fan and you really love those films, I think it's, like, it's a... It was a pretty fun distraction with some nice things, but it was a like... A good gift, maybe. Like, yeah. Not something you want to necessarily like play for yourself or keep in your collection forever, but if you give it to someone, they might be like really pleasantly surprised because the box is... The box is really subtle, lovely dark green, lovely font. And it's funny as well, like, you know, it's, I think it's the same with a lot of the, the, the you know, the sort of Star Wars things. Like, we often will not get super into it because we're not super into Star Wars, but in the same way that some people might be like, but Princess Leia's fighting the man who looks like a fish. Um, if you're somebody who, like, grew up with Disney and you just adore that stuff, then you just be like, ah! 
This is amazing. Like the the Abu's being beaten up by eight men with scimitars. <laughs> <laughs> It's the funny thing, isn't it, that if you don't draw the, um, the card in the person's antagonist deck that's like the actual hero, then the villains can kind of like, it's almost like a darker timeline where like, yeah, because my Ursula, like the little mermaid never showed up. So yeah. it was just like me like g getting like flounder in a legal contract and then <laughs> capturing his immortal soul. I, I as, um, as Jafar, I, uh, I drew um, Yago, the parrot, early on, and I assumed the deck would have multiples, so I immediately kind of cast a spell on him, which just like made him explode and turn into money. <laughs> and, wow. and then spent the rest of the game being like, where's the parrot that I need to, I need the parrot to carry the lamp back to my palace, and I've, I've I exploded him. Um, That's really grim. I think that the one thing that we found really enjoyable about it actually was it, that being a villain, you realize, as is everything in life, no one ever thinks they're a villain. But we found it was just like, it's just arduous work that yes. feels like you're always trying your best to just do something and everyone's always getting in your way. Let's, let's talk about Wallet from Cryptozoic. So this is, this is quite different. This is oh, not... We have it here. Oh, so we, wait, we will... I actually thought this was your wallet. <laughs> that no, doesn't speak well of that's, people. That's, no, that speaks badly this of people. This is like a, a wallet I had when I was about 16. Yeah, so you need to describe 16. That's embarrassing, Paul. I wrote, I wrote <laughs> the word FBI in my wallet to impress a girl that I liked, and I would flash it at her, and she laughed. Did it again, she didn't laugh. And you were 16. And then I had FBI written in my wallet for like the rest of the year. And people would go, what's that? Why is that in there? And I'd be like, mm, this is yeah. really, really depressing. Anyway, so this is, this is full of what? You Different to, currencies. No, you need to describe this wallet in detail because um, people can't see it. That's true, if they're listening to the podcast. Okay, I am going into the wallet now. I am... No, this, I mean, describe what the wallet looks like. Well, it, yeah, it's full of business cards. No, that's what's it, in the wallet. It's... It's red and blue, and it's got the word wallet on it in case you are really confused about life. <laughs> it's got a little... Is that the best you could... Am I going to have to do this? It's got two, uh, one big zipper. It's got a small zipper. It's got a business card hole. Okay, this wallet is made of polyester. It has a kind of... Uh, it's like a camping gear thing. If you, if you went and bought like a very cheap camping pouch that you might keep in like your plastic cutlery, it's like if you went to the camping store and bought something that you thought... Oh, this is absolutely the least money I'm willing to spend, and it will not hold together. On the front, it says wallet, but it's printed on with a kind of uh, very plasticky vinyl overlay. Um, for me, it's interesting you said you had a wallet like this when I was 16, because yes. as soon as I saw this wallet, I was like, this, this is supposed to be the wallet of a mob boss. Yes. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is the kind of wallet an eight-year-old would buy. Mm -hmm. An eight-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So... An eight-year-old boy times two, it's Paul Dean. Hello. <laughs> so, the, the, yeah, so it's full of cards and money and different currencies. Yes, so this is a party game where uh, between two and eight players uh, are, represent people who've been hanging out at the birthday party of a mob boss. And um, the police are raiding the place and uh, the mob boss has escaped to his helicopter, leaving you in the party, but he left his wallet behind. So wallet is a game where you pass around this physical, terrible polyester wallet and... Uh, Paul, what are you doing? It's a, it's car, all right, so I pulled out a police officer. I pulled out another card. It just says party girl. Yes, so... Um, I'm not actually finding any money in here. I'm finding lots of cards. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the main section. So, oh. yeah, on, players are dealt cards, and what you have to do uh, is either put a card into the wallet or take it out or sort of um, flip one of the six hourglass cards in the middle of the table. When six players have elected to flip hourglasses, the police break in and raid the place. Now, the police will not arrest you if you are holding in your hand 
of cards you've taken from the wallet. Exactly one piece of ID. If you have no ID, police will arrest you. If you have more than one ID, that's bad. That's suspicious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you also, but, so you need the ID to not be arrested, but also you want to have money because the mob boss's wallet is full of money. Loads of cards with money and jewelry, but mob boss being a mob boss has loads of different denominations of like different currencies. So if you have more than two currencies in your wallet, then the police Seems will arrest suspicious. you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then, so you don't want to, if you also have more than 500 currency units in like, you know, euros and dinars yeah, and whatever. So you want to have money, but not too much money. Then the police will arrest ah. you. And then there's all sorts of other cards like um, that are specific to the different kind of identities, identity cards you can have that are basically cool bonuses you can use at the end of the round. But again, if you have that thing and you're not that person, then again, like you can be a policeman and you can have a police badge. But if you're like, you know, not a policeman and you have a police badge, that's suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it's an interesting thing about you, you. You're putting things on your turn. You can put things into the wallet. You can take things out and you can, everyone has some special powers, which allow them to do some sort of cheeky stuff. Revolving, Pass like, cards around, cards around players, or take cards from other people. Well, so hold on. This immediately sounds like really interesting and quite good and quite clever because obviously you're, you're constantly manipulating the wallet to try and get other people into trouble. Yep, so here is the, that's what I thought. And this is, we didn't have a bad time playing wallet, but the thing that was disappointing to me is actually, I thought this was a picture about like people hiding cards in wallets and because when you look at it, it's like, oh, this has lots of subsections. The game doesn't really use any of them. Um, really, and it's a is, bag. It's a, no, you don't really need the wallet to play the game. I disagree with that slightly, actually. Like, I think that one of the interesting things about this is the fact that um, it is a game where you're randomly, randomly pulling and putting cards out of a deck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the process of doing that in a, in a card game normally, of like taking, basically all you're doing is you're taking turns to pass a deck of cards around a table where people can put a card in randomly or pull one out. Now, the thing about that is that opens up lots of problems. Like, A, when you're lifting up the deck and putting things sure, in, you see yeah. cards, people see where you've put things, whereas this allows you to effectively put a whole deck of cards in, smudge them around, and it means you can just reach in and pull out a random one or put something in randomly, sure. which I think, it's not like a huge addition, but it's, yeah, it's definitely a textual change that does add something. I was going to say, there's a thing with Mafia de Cuba where you open the box and you sort of open it in front yes. of yourself and you rustle around in there and then you, you close it, you pass it on. And yes. that is, it's almost like being a really crap wizard or something. <laughs> like, I'm doing something in here, you don't know what. And, yes. kind of a, and kind of a big problem with this is the fact that like it, you have, there is an interesting element to it, but Mafia de Cuba, you do feel like you might be opening a little like cigar box, whereas this, you feel like you are opening the wallet of an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> It's his eighth birthday. He just got the wallet. He's so thrilled. He's going to keep his super secret identity pass that he made for him and his friends. They've got a club called the Eagle Club. He made the cards with uh, pens and then covered them in sellotape to make them. Mm -hmm. I did this when I was, I did this. Um, the mechanics in it that I did really like, um, but didn't quite work, um, weren't really to do with the wallet. It was to do with the fact that um, everyone's drawing cards, trying to get to as close to 500 as possible without going bust. Um, some of the ideas that you go over 500, but you have to go over 500. Um, so to win the round, you need to have the most money. But then you have to like flip hourglass cards only when you think you're winning, mm. which is kind of an interesting mechanic. I think we played it with too few people. Um, I think I think I, it'd be too slow with more than three. How much? No, no, well, yeah. I mean, maybe slightly. Um, but I think with with more, with three, it was the problem was you think I'm ready for the round to end, and then you do something you're like I'm ready, and then you get rid of some cards. But then by the time came round, you'd like get the cards, your cards you've given people, they'd then take a go and they'd all put the cards that you've given them that you want back in the bag and then you'd be around and you're like, well, that move was pointless because yeah. I gave you cards on my turn and then you got rid of them. So you're like, nothing's happened. So uh, how many people did this go up to? Eight, I think, or seven or eight. It's just a sort of pass around a wallet 
draw cards thing. It's not bad. It's pretty good. I think actually one of the other things that I, 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 I'm interested in with this, and I think is quite interesting, is that you don't need, because it's in a bag, mm -hmm. you don't need a table, really. <sighs> Which I think is kind of an interesting so thing. You, just play you on do the train need to hold. Or... No, no. There's a bunch of tokens you need. There's a hand of cards. There's the secret cards. There's. You could hold the secret cards in the same hand as your cards. And you could put your tokens in your wallet, in your pocket, or your handbag, or something. Yeah, yeah like I, I think it's like it's legitimately something that you could because it's all uh, you're just passing a bag around. Yes. It's something you could literally play like on the move and in quite an interesting way. Uh, John Perkis uh, of YouTube series Actual Lol did a lovely video of board games you can play like flat on your back, which you know <laughs> the idea it was like around the time of Christmas and you know the idea of games you can play on the sofa, um, and he. It features the excellent line in that video, being sat at the table is the standing up of sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> He's a clever boy, that one. Uh, shall we shall move we, on to some main events? Shall we just play weird things humans search for? Because I feel like the, the explanation of this game takes about 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think even the, the moment people see the box and think about the, hello, hi. Oh, don't worry about that, Carol. Uh, see, so, you know, the concept of the game. It's sort of self-explanatory. It's like, what would somebody's uh, Google search auto uh, auto complete his Google auto history complete search? That's it. That's a great sentence, Bob. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> well, those, what would that look words. like? Uh, this is by Big Potato Games, who makes some really nice party games that come in some of the nicest boxes in board games. If anyone has seen. Um, Shut Up and Sit Down has done a tiny bit of coverage of something called Mr. Lister's Quiz Shootout, which is just a sort of fun trivia game that has actual bullet holes through the box that run all the way through the inlay, so it's got like holes you can see through in the box, which is absolutely lovely. This is their new thing. It's called Weird Things Humans Search For. It's about Google Autocomplete. I'm just aware that because the caffeine levels have reached that point, we are speaking incrementally faster at a rate, which means I believe we may soon reach orbit. <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably... <laughs> We're going to take it down. I think we I'm all need excited. to. <laughs> okay, so... Matt and Paul, are Hello. you ready to play yeah. Weird Things Humans Search For? Yes. Mm -hmm. Give them a round of applause, everybody. Mm -hmm. Hi, uh, what's your name? Where are you come from? Hello, I'm Paul. Uh, I was back there, but now I'm here. Okay. <laughs> that's lovely. Uh, what do you do back there? Um, Unemployed? Yes. That's, that's tough. Uh, tough times all over. Matt, I'm what's your name? I'm a traveling uh, curtain salesman. I'm called Matt. I've... If anyone's interested in buying any of these curtains behind me, um, they are 30 feet tall, black, only available in black. <laughs> you, feel, you feeling confident? No. <laughs> Very good. We'll start with the card, the front of my little question deck here. Also, I love that this game has an actual, it's like a little stack of question cards, oh, like yeah. you're a TV presenter. So we'll start with, if you were to type into Google, are boogers... We're gonna, we have okay. the 10 most common search results in a browser, so this is important because this annoyed us, in a brow search browser from the UK. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Because it's oh. a UK-based company, so I don't think they like rerouted their IP to America because there's some British like stuff later. Okay. But yeah, so, so what do people from the UK think of boogers? And the idea is we complete this sentence, right? Our yeah, so our boogers, and we have 10 common search terms. You're gonna get a point if you can name one of the search Who's terms. Who's going first? I think, let's not do how you actually play this, which is you write down a bunch yeah, of search terms. because I don't have paper or a pen, which means Paul's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like let's just... Paul's going to take home the car. Let's just take it in turns. Paul? Somebody, not me, would ask, are boogers edible? Mm. I was going to say safe to eat. Um, we're, oh, we're this is kind of the problem with the game, actually. We're kind of circling. You're very close. Why don't you have another crack? Delicious. Ooh. <laughs> Kosher. <laughs> Very commonly, people searched for, are boogers 
nutritious, so we'll give you a point. <laughs> Paul, you they already one... know they're delicious. They're just thinking, this can't be good for me. <laughs> <laughs> this, this tastes too good. Full of calories. Paul? I feel disgusting inside. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, hamburgers, uh, I t for some reason, the phrase organic is in there. Are they uh, organic? Can we it? do have the question, uh, one of the top 10 most commonly searched terms is hamburgers alive, so we'll give you that. <laughs> for the uh, full list. Is, oh. is snot one of them? Uh, no, but... I was thinking uh, if it's English, maybe there's people trying to work out what boogers are. Well, actually, it's oh, funny you say tiny that. Tiny ghosts. <laughs> uh, we'll give you a half point for that. So the full list is: Are boogers healthy? Good for your teeth. This is my favourite. Dead brain cells. <laughs> Bad for you. Salty. Germs. Nutritious. Alive. Fattening. Or, and this is the person whose house I want to visit. Flammable. <laughs> Oh, wow. It feels slightly gross now. Coming up next, All let's right. move on to something a bit Kids more Kids do the funniest arson. <laughs> Is the Queen a... <laughs> Republican? <laughs> uh, no, Paul. Friendly. I realised Repub no. Republican in the US has different connotations. That was a funnier joke than people gave it credit for, just so everyone's aware. <laughs> um, Matt? Is the Queen a... Pisces. <laughs> no. Grumpy. Would you say grumpy? Yeah. No. Think about uh, sort of more nouns. Short. Um, <laughs> big woman. In charge. Oh, okay, we'll give you a point. Is, is the is queen a politician is one of the search terms. Okay. Um, dead. <laughs> no. Is the queen... Is the queen a dead? <laughs> no. Oh, Come on, Matt. What would you think about know? David Icke? Is the Queen a reptile? Yes, one point. <laughs> of David course Icke. she is. <laughs> Don't actually search for David Icke in your search no, uh, no, at no, home no. because it will ruin your autocompletes forever. The full list is: Is the Queen a reptile, mechanic, politician, millionaire? Which mechanic? I she don't know. Was. She was a mechanic in the war. Okay. Oh, yeah. I uh, know I make up a lot of nonsense, but yep. Is the Queen a German? Is the Queen a West Ham fan? Is the Queen a great-great-grandmother, feminist, Tudor, or alien? There's right. a spread there. All of them. Yeah, there is a spread. Let's uh, move on to my personal favorites. My bum. <laughs> Not my bum. That's the search term. Okay. I was what, like... does, what does Google autocomplete if you search my bum? Hurts. Correct. One point. <laughs> That's the first one as well. Yeah. Is, is okay. itchy? Have you seen these? There's no, no. reason. There's no, no, I haven't. I, I mean, just... there's no reason that anyone Googles my bum unless they've got a problem with their bum. <laughs> my bum is fantastic. <laughs> Using Google as a kind of announcement sort of... WebMD. Here are the top 10 reasons why your bum might be fantastic. <laughs> uh, you two have named the two most common search terms, my bum hurts and my bum is itchy. Can you keep going for a combo? Is too big? My bum, weirdly, isn't too big or too small. Is not on there. So Paul has broken the combo. Uh, and he's, he's not red. going home with the car. Red. Is, is out of control. <laughs> um, is too hot to stop. Uh, we'll give you a point for that because my bum is on fire was one of the search terms. 
Is it? Or is it another one? My bum, my bum, my bum, my bum. No. Check it out. No. <laughs> okay, that's weird. Because I type that yes. into Google like a lot. <laughs> uh, my bum hurts. My bum itchy. My bum is on fire. We got all of those. You didn't get we the did obvious. We well on the bum round. <laughs> <laughs> These are just people who I hope I don't meet. My bum smells. My bum keeps bleeding. My bum is flat. Oh, I should have given you that for small. My bum, and this is my favorite, is twitching. My bum is burning. My bum is always wet. <laughs> Please see a doctor. And finally, my bum tingles when I need a poo. That's a weird superpower. We're doing this in front of like hundreds of people. <laughs> my my mum is going to listen to this. I hope your mum's bum is okay. She might learn something. <laughs> that is called Weird Weird Things Human Search War from Big Potato, yes. uh, producer of uh, all sorts of games that are pretty good. Yeah. It's a bit real. <laughs> It was a bit real, Matthew Lees. Uh, that's the end of uh, what survived of our Gen Con recording this year. I should also quickly mention that Shucks tickets are selling like hotcakes again. Uh, Shut Up and Sit Down's uh, convention happening in Vancouver this October. There's people coming from Canada and America, but also the UK, Brazil, France. Ooh, it's going to be a multicultural party. Uh, last time we spoke, we were, I think, 70% sold out. We're now getting a lot closer to 80% sold out. So if you would like to buy a ticket and listen to more shows just like this one, you can do that on uh, shucks.show. But again, be sure you listen to the next podcast, number 84, because, oh my goodness, we haven't even recorded it yet. And I'm so excited to just do my job and record it because I love talking about great games and there are so many great and interesting games on the next one. I'm going to punch my palm with my fist again. Yeah, that's how excited I am. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. 